Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. For more information about us, visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. I want to share my heart with you for a minute. I, please understand where I'm coming from first. I love to celebrate manhood. If you know me even for a little bit, I love to celebrate fatherhood. I love to celebrate men. I love to, to speak to men and, and, and to go up to a man and tell him, good job. If, if you've been around me long enough, you know that that's true. I love to, to go up to a man and say, good job, and, and I love to encourage them, but, but just because it's Father's Day, just because it's Father's Day, we are not going to pretend that this day makes everyone happy. Amen? We're not going to pretend that we all had these wonderful Hollywood fathers. We're not going to pretend that, that everything's alright. We're not going to just smile at each other and fake it today like this day even matters to some of us. Am I talking to anybody yet? See, my, my desire is, is to one day have a church where we can celebrate Father's Day wholeheartedly because we've raised children who are now the best fathers that they can be. But I realize that I will probably never live long enough to see that come to fruition. Because how many know it takes generations of raising children to, 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 to watch them become the fathers that they didn't have, to watch them become the fathers that they didn't even know about. It takes a long time, and I don't think I have that many years. But I'll tell you one thing. I want to die trying. Amen? I want to die making that my life purpose. I want to die trying because I know that if, 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 if I die, I want to die knowing that I made a difference. Because I know that if I touch one man, one man, I know that that, that one man, I can make a difference in that one man's whole family. And I know that if I make a difference in one whole family, we're going to make a difference in, in the children of that family. And I know if those children were raised in love and nurture and the love of God, I know that I would have touched those children. Amen? And I know that, that see, I want to live, leave an impact on fathers today, and, and I want to make an impact on fathers and children that I won't even ever know. Is that a good goal? The fact remains today, Father's Day is a hard day for many people. Can anybody testify? Father's Day is a hard day for many people. And, and that's what makes it, it, it makes it even. That's my man. What's up? All right. I can't start a sermon without Jair coming up, giving me the all right. Oh, man. Mm. 
And so Father's Day is such a hard day for a lot of people and, and that's what made it such a hard thing for us to prepare for Father's Day. You might think it's an easy, it's a, it's a holiday. Just do all the corny stuff. And Father's Day, hey, hey, hey bless the Father's leave. But, but that wouldn't really be dealing with the people that are here, right? That wouldn't really be dealing with the issues that we have with daddies. That really wouldn't be dealing with the, the hardcore, deep-seated roots that we have with our fathers, right? And so, I, if it's alright with you, I don't want to take a day and just fake it and pretend. Is that alright? Can we, can we just be real today and deal with some issues so, to, so that we can celebrate Father's Day better next year and celebrate Father's Day better the year after that and the year after that and, and then we can really celebrate Father's Day when little Jair's not coming up giving me high fives but he's coming up here and maybe speaking the word as a teenager. Amen? Amen? See, I... I whew. I want to know, I, I want you to know I had a totally different message. I've been working on a message all week. All week. This is a hard thing for, I, I stress things like, like this out big time. You know, days like this. And, and all week I was working on this message. And Thursday, I pretty much got it all wrapped up. I got everything that I wanted to show. I got the teams and the drama teams and this. And everybody's doing just kind of what we wanted to, to have happen. And I want to let you know, Thursday night, my hard drive... Brand new laptop, I only had it a month. Thursday night, I have hard disk failure. Thursday night, I, I, I call the, the Apple tech store, and, 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 and I'm holding my, my baby, and, and I'm, and I'm in, encouraging words to it. I say, it's going to be all right. It's, it's gonna, we're not going to lose everything. It's going to be all right. And things are failing left and right. And, and, and I'm saying, it's all right. Hold on, baby. Hold on. Hold on, baby. And, and I, you know, I'm just, it's going to be all right. I, I'm, I'm getting help right now. And, and I'm on the phone, and, and they got me going through some, some, some troubleshooting. And, and this is humiliating because I was a tech for 12 years. So to be on the phone with a tech and having him go through all the dumb steps that he does, right? But, but I'm like, okay, whatever. It's going to be okay, baby. It's going to be okay. We didn't lose nothing. We're going to be just fine. So he tells me, meanwhile, it's almost 8 o'clock at night. I know that there's an Apple store at the Westchester Mall. I know that it closes at 9. It's 8 o'clock and this guy's putting me through nonsense on the phone. Did you plug it in? Did you have... Listen, listen, listen. Stop. Don't give me nonsense. I have hard disk failure. Just get right to the fourth or fifth page. Alright? I I'm just want to be real with this guy. Let's just cut 10 minutes of stuff and, and let's try to work on this problem. So he's telling me, well, it doesn't look good. Uh, here's what we're going to try to do. And, and he's trying to encourage me. I'm like, I don't need your encouragement. I, let's get this thing fixed. So he tells me, well, really, uh, what we need to do is probably maybe at the store we could. I'm like, okay, goodbye. I, I jump in the car and I'm heading to the mall. It's 8-ish. It's eight the mall closes at 9. I have, this, I have my baby on the seat next to me. I am driving to Westchester Mall recklessly, I might add. Because it's an emergency, 
right? And, and so I, I get in there, I pull, I park, I take three, three parking spots, just pull in. I run to the elevator. It, you know, the Westchester Mall is real bougie. It's real, you know, I'm, I'm sweating and running with my laptop and just knocking people out the way, you know. And, and, and I get into the Apple store and they, the guy had called the Apple store and they said, you're George? I said, I'm George. And, and here's, here's, you know, it's like a triage emergency room type emergency thing going on, right? And so he takes it and I put it in the hands of a man named Mario. And Mario hooks up this stethoscope kind of thing to it. It's like a triage. It says triage hard drive on it. And he hooks it up and, and I have to report that at 8.35, Mario declared my hard drive. DOA. It was, so we lost, we lost it at 8.35 p.m. I lost everything. No backup. Nothing saved. Nothing. He couldn't get anything from the hard drive. It was total loss. He apologized to me again and again. Mario was a great guy. I encourage you to visit him at the Apple Store in Westchester. <laughs> Mario, if you're listening to this, God bless you. You're an awesome guy. You really tried. I believe it. He said, but here's what I'm going to do. I know it's not anything great, but we're not going to swap out the hard drive. I'm going to give you a totally new machine. Don't be excited. I wasn't excited. That did nothing for me. This machine was a month old. It was new. You know? So I said, thank you, Mario. That's wonderful. Are you sure that we can't try something else? Says, George, I'm so sorry. On the way out, the Apple techs all kind of mourned with me on the way out. I go to the first lady. How'd it go, George? Not good. I got a new machine. Oh, sorry. The guy at the front. Hey, George, how'd it work out? It didn't. Sorry. Sorry. So I left with my new laptop Thursday night. And I want you to know Friday morning, I opened that thing up. I loaded it up. And I had to write a whole new message. I had a much softer, gentler message for Father's Day. This is not it. Now, I'm not saying God killed my laptop. But I am saying sometimes tough things happen for a reason. Amen? And so I could, I could rattle off today statistic after statistic about the effects of missing fathers, the effects of angry fathers, the effects of runaway fathers and abusive fathers. And, and before you know it, we'd all be a little sad or a little angry or somewhere in between. But that's not what I want to do today. Say praise God. Yeah. See, growing up, I grew up with this, with this best friend. And every Father's Day, you are the man. Thank you. Every Father's Day, my best friend would get depressed and be so sad. And, and I remember one particular time, because back then all we did in elementary school, when the holidays would come up, is we'd make projects and cards to take home to our dads or to our moms, right? Do they still do that? Why, when half of the kids in the class don't have a father to bring it home to? Wow. So, here we were doing this project for dad, and, and my friend would be so depressed, he'd get sad, he'd get cranky, he'd get angry, because you see, I had a father at home, but my best friend didn't. I had a father at home that cared about me, that loved me, but my friend did not. And so, he, he had lost him really early, I think six, seven years old, he lost him. He was a policeman. 
and um, he, he lost his father early. So every year that would, I would, I, it was hard for me to be happy because he was so mad and so sad. I, I thought today we wouldn't do that anymore because it, 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 I'm sure it's a big portion of the class. That it's sad, isn't it? That probably have to come and tell the teacher, but I don't have a dad. But I don't know my dad. But my dad's locked up. But my dad's in jail. But my dad died. But my dad's missing. But I don't even know who my dad is. Probably what we hear in elementary schools today. Men, I'm not going to pick on you today. Say amen. Because you guys are here. You got something to say? Encouragement. Thank you, bro. Because at least you're here. You're in the right place. Would you turn to a man next to you and tell him you're in the right place today? Come on, really encourage him. You are in the right place today. See, man, I want to encourage you. I want to empower you. I want to strengthen you and sharpen you. And if at all possible, I want to press on you the weight of fatherhood. If you would allow me to do that today. I'm so happy to see so many men here this morning. Understand that, that coming with your family to church this morning says that you care about the family. Coming, coming to, to your family, coming with them to church today lets the children know that, that they, they matter to you. It lets them know that the family thing matters. And those of you that really come, uh, are, you're saying to the children that listen... I'm man enough to know that God is bigger than me. Amen. Do we have any men like that here today? Now, when you're not consistent, well, that speaks a whole other language to them. Those of you that are just visiting today because of all the baby dedications that we're going to do in a few minutes, let me just let you know you've been set up today. This is a holy setup. I believe God has set you up lovely and brought you today for such a time as this because today is a day of dedication today is a day of decisions and I believe that for some of you today is your appointed time to be here say amen here's a quote I want to give to all my visiting dads today all my visiting men it is never too late to be what you might have been come on it is never too late to be what you might have been. Listen to me. I'm not dedicating this service to fathers today. I'm not dedicating this service to men today. I want to dedicate this service to children today. I want to dedicate this church service to those affected by men today. Amen? Did you know that throughout the entire Bible, listen to this. Throughout the entire Bible, you would be hard-pressed to find a great example of a father. Those of you that read the Bible know that, that, I'm, that I'm telling the truth. Those of you that do not are probably surprised by that. Because, see, a lot of people don't read the Bible because they think it's a fairy tale for women's ministries and children's church. You think it's a bunch of, and the whale swallowed Jonah. And God trust, and God opened the mouth. And you think it's a bunch of fairy tales for kids and for women. But if, if you understand, if it were a fairy tale for women and for kids, then wouldn't it be full of wonderful fathers? Right? 
If it were just a fairy tale, wouldn't it be loaded with all of these Prince Charmings coming in to rescue the... It's not, is it? Right? Those of you that read, it's not, right? Every man in the Bible is an ex-something. Say amen. Every good man in the Bible is an ex-something. An ex-con, an ex-thief, an ex-killer, an ex-adulterer, an ex-fornicator. Ex- Every man in the Bible is an ex-something except Jesus, of course. Let's not get it twisted. Why, why did God do that? I think that just did it to give us hope. To just let us know, God, guys, you're going to mess up, but I want better for you and you can do better. Amen? And so that's why even in your pulpit today, on your worship team today, in the leadership team today, there's a bunch of X, bunch of X, everythings. Amen? And we're all right with that. The fact is, this book is a book about real life, about real people. It's a real world. The sad thing is that we're quicker to believe a movie with written scripts and paid actors than a document that has stood the test of time. Come on, welcome. See, what we're facing in our world today is nothing new. It's at record levels and it's devastating effects, but it's nothing new. Listen to me. The Apostle Paul discovered later in life that it's never too late what you might have been after his encounter with God. Hear me out. He dropped everything to follow hard after God, after his encounter. He'd go into cities, he'd plant churches. Everywhere Paul went, he was threatened, he was beaten. Many times he was left for dead. More times than that, he was locked up and jailed. Paul was an ex-something. Amen? Give me one more. Jair. Later. He said, you ain't doing that well yet. All right, I'll be there. See, but you have to understand, before Paul's encounter with God, listen to this, he was just as hardcore as he was after his encounter with God. And, and here's, here's what we got to get. See, he would per- before his encounter with God, he would persecute and chase believers. He would persecute, chase them across city lines and, and, and towns and drag them into court to be prosecuted or killed. Say, Paul was hardcore. Paul was gangster. Amen? But listen, listen what happens though. Even, <coughs> he, would, he would persecute people, lock them up. We even have one account in the Word where he was right there as a man's life was being taken because of what he believed. Paul was hardcore. But see, when, God, when we have an encounter with God, God doesn't make men soft with an encounter. He gives them purpose to be even more manly than they were before. Do, do we understand that? God gives us an encounter to give us purpose, not to make us soft, but to give us even more purpose and to make us even bolder. But still, we make these men of God look so soft sometimes. And I believe that's what keeps men away from church. I'm reading all these books about why men don't come to church. And every single one of them is because the main part is because men think that church is for women and children or soft sissy guys. That doesn't shock anybody. Because it's true. Because it's true. See, and, and until we understand, that's what keeps men away from church. We have this idea that church is for ladies. Until we get that mindset out of our thoughts, we're going to raise boys, listen to this, who are tough on the outside, but soft and broken on the inside. You didn't hear that. See, until we understand the mindset 
that a man is created by God to walk in God. And, and, and until we stop thinking that it's for ladies and for women, we're going to raise men that are tough on the outside, but soft and broken on the inside, like some of us are and were. Amen? Anybody, any men, just give me a shout on that. I know it's not something to be real proud of, right? Nobody wants to be called soft on the inside. But see, we, we give our, our children this facade. We tell little boys, you do what you got to do. You be who you got to be. And, and, and we're, we're excited. And so many, listen, I worked in youth ministry for 12 years, so I know what I'm talking about. The, the biggest thing that I've seen men pass down to their kids is a box of condoms. That's what this world passes down to their kids. To the men. To the little girls, they tell you better, you stay away from all the dirty boys. But to men, we pass down this box. Trojan man. And like it's a heritage, like it's a godly uh, 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 right that we pass down to our boys. And so we make them tough on the outside because we tell them, be rough. If somebody steps to you, you slap them. If somebody punches you, you punch them harder. If, you, if they're bigger than you, you hit them with a bat. If, the, if, they're, if there's more of them, you get more of you, right? It's a mindset that we put into our, our young guys, right? Some of you laughing because you know it's true. Some of you convicted because you do it. See, you hit them harder. If, if the guy's bigger than you, you fight dirty, but you win. You never give up and you never cry. How many men have been told by their dads, don't you cry. You're a man. See, we teach this thing to, to our, our boys to be tough on the outside, but in the inside they're broken. They're soft. Because they don't have what they need to stand strong and to stand firm. Somebody say Amen. I guess I'm now. Thank you, bro. You're the man. See, I want to dedicate this service to our children because we got to focus on our kids. We, we, we have to see what we're doing to them by what we do and by what we don't do. Paul sums it up lovely in a letter that he wrote to the churches that he planted. And here's what I want to leave with you today. And then we're going to dedicate these children together. I'm not going to dedicate these children. The men of this church are going to dedicate these children. Amen? It's going to be the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. I guarantee it. Because when men stand up and stand and get into power, there's nothing more amazing and incredible than that. So that's what's going to happen in a minute. But here's what I want to leave with you. 1 Corinthians 4. Open your Bibles. You need to get this one scripture in you today before we move on. It's 1 Corinthians 4. Say ready when you get there. All right, one person's ready. That's good enough. 1 Corinthians 4, starting in verse 14. Paul, Remember, Paul is writing to a church that he planted. And he's letting them know a whole bunch of things that they need to know. He's checking them. And he's checking them. And he's letting them know a whole bunch of things. In 14, he says, I am not writing all of this as a neighborhood scold just to make you feel rotten. I'm writing... As a father to you, my children, I love you and I want you to grow up well, not spoiled. I'm reading from the Message Bible. Verse 15, it says, There are a lot of people around who can't wait to tell you what you've done wrong, but there aren't many fathers willing to take the time and effort to help you grow up. 
Then he says something crazy. And this verse has caused many debates and issues and controversies. I want to read it to you in the Amplified Version. 15, it says, After all, you should have 10,000 teachers in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. And here's the crazy part. He says, So I urge you and implore you, be imitators of me. You don't understand what that's like to tell Christian, religious, holy folk, for a man to stand up before them and say, copy me. He says, be imitators of me. Many people would go running saying, that guy's starting a cult. That guy's crazy. He thinks he's Jesus. He thinks he's God. But if you understand the terminology, Paul is saying, copy me as I copy him. title of this message today is, copy me. And, and, and see, I, I want you to understand, I want you to get this picture. Later on in Paul, in chapter 11, he says it again. In the King James, it says, be followers of me even as I follow him. So Paul is a man standing up saying, copy me today. And see, back then there were no copiers, and, and so he couldn't just leave them a case of Bibles and tell them, figure it out. He had to lead them. He had to say, copy me. Paul said, copy me as I copy Christ. Men, there is an entire generation of children who have 10,000 teachers but no fathers. There's an entire, there are a lot of people around to tell them what they've done wrong, but there aren't many fathers willing to take the time and effort to help them grow up. We need fathers, not men who drop off their wives and kids at church and pick them up after and not complain about it. That's nice, but that's not a father. We need fathers, not men who preach and tell their kids everything and everyone else's kids what they're doing wrong, but men who would stand and say, I'm not asking you to do something I'm not willing to do. We need fathers, not men who, who get women pregnant. That's not a father. A 14-year-old could do that. But a man who cares about the kids who don't have men in their lives. Listen, fatherlessness breeds fatherlessness. Do you understand that? It's a, it's a vicious cycle. Fatherlessness breeds fatherlessness. If we grew up, if you grew up without a father, you have the tendency to not be there as a father. Somebody has to break this cycle. Do we have any strong men here today? That would stand and say, I'm willing to break this cycle. Do we have, I'm talking about men who will listen, who will stop making excuses to their kids about the type of fathers they had and start becoming the fathers they were created to be. It's never too late to be what you might have been. Copy me. Men, I need men that would stand up and say, copy me. Stand up, Merck. I need men that would stand all over the church. Come on, Larry. Stand right there. Can you imagine what that would can you imagine what that would be? Can you imagine? Stand up, brother. Stand up right there, right here. Can you imagine if everywhere 
If everywhere you looked, there were men. Thanks for coming up, Joe. Grab this and take that to the back. Can you imagine? Come on, Ephraim. Can you imagine if everywhere you looked, if everywhere your children stand up, brother? Good to have you here, man. Can you imagine if everywhere you looked, come on, come on, every age, can you imagine if everywhere you looked, if everywhere your kids looked, there was a man standing with a sign that said, copy me. Look around, isn't that a beautiful picture? Yeah, celebrate these men. Celebrate. Celebrate them. You see, you see, the world, everywhere our kids look, every channel, every movie, every song, there's a knucklehead standing and shouting loud. And your kids are doing it. Our children are doing it. And, and it's taken them to, the, to, to add insult to injury. When Snoop Dogg came out with a series called Fatherhood, I just wanted to blow the TV up. I'm sorry, I don't want to blow nobody up, but you understand what I'm saying? How? Because how many children are following that man? How many times with that show, with his music, how, how many times is he holding this up saying, copy me? Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.